Hello and welcome to episode 17 of I'm Fine, a chat between myself, Demo, and America's most wanted disseminator of misinformation. <laughs> Give it quiet. Mark. There's a chat around the subjects of health, wealth, well-being, fitness, sport, conspiracy, and how to stay out of the... Out of the slammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're all work in progress, and this podcast is no exception. In short, it's a poke at our perfectly imperfect lives, and if we can make just one person feel like they're not alone in all this madness, then our work here is done. Coming up, warm up and stretch. We're picking up a theme that we touched on a few episodes ago, about the power of the moon. Mm-hmm. Not quite an apology, but it's a bit of a bookmark I want to do. Uh, okay. Like Work-life ballet, we're looking at learned optimism. Yeah. I say that with a raised oh. inflection because... Uh, didn't know it was a thing. No, I'm like, not did I. My interest is peaked. In drop and give me twenty, we're going to pick up on our other crusade, baby steps. I think I might just rename that now. Go is on that then. right? Yeah, fire. Small steps. <laughs> you You're get, expecting something a lot more interesting. Did you get than that. Colin from marketing to do that one? <laughs> no, Colin didn't help. No, um, some things don't need to be a reinvention of the wheel, do they? No, no. I was just getting rid of the word baby. Yeah, and replace it with small. Yeah, I've worked that bit out. <laughs> And kept steps I'm so as it was. Yeah. yeah. See? Yeah. Anyway. You must I... be getting a lot more business now you set this up. When people hear what you're able to do. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> it's all about the marketing. Yeah. How are you? All right? Yeah, I'm good. It's been a full old day, hasn't it? It has a been full a, old day, a full old day. Lots of good stuff. Are we going to do that? That was really funny in the last podcast. You were like, can we just stop kidding that, you know, we do yeah. these. And we're like, I'm not kidding. It was really funny. It made me laugh. I know what you're you're thinking. Shall we tell them? Yeah, I am because my head's all over the place. And we've done that thing where I imagine people who, who make complicated films feel. Yeah, where they do the last they, scene first. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit like that. Let's just share the magic of we, this. We've gone out of sequence. I don't feel <laughs> yeah. comfortable about it, but... We've recorded out of sequence today. Yeah, so we've gone 16, 15 and now 17. And now 17 and it's, it's messing with my mind. It is. But 15 was great. 15 was great. Yeah, it's good. Um, and now, I'm in that position where I'm trying to remember where this is going to come out. And this this will be two episodes. 15 yeah. is two episodes ago. And if it's we, literally just happened. And if we change the release date. Oh, God, yeah. So, yeah, better not reference any days. I have a bookmark. And this is properly above my pay grade. Mm-hmm. But I like to think, if anything else, we're thorough. And we'll give stuff a good old go. <laughs> That's, Yeah. So in episode 12, we touched on horoscopes. There's a couple of things here. And Amelia, who was on our show two episodes ago, yeah, yeah. just left, um, <laughs> confirmed that actually how much you do believe in horoscopes. Because she just, she just sat there and went, we're always talking about horoscopes, me and you. And, and you were just kind of sitting there. And I don't know whether you realised I was picking up on that going. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. But episode 12, we touched on horoscopes. And if you're saying that the moon is all powerful, yeah. And I quote, I listened back and got this quote. Okay. If it can control waves and periods and everything else. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. Then my, my view, if you believe that, then why can't it affect, say, fetal development or the time of our birth into this glorious world? Okay. I, I do think it can. The point I'm saying, if you go back to episode 12, is that as soon as there is human interpretation on yes. that majestic celestial body, then we're in trouble. Why, why I went quiet and why Amelia looked at you as if to go like, he is Sagittarius. That's exactly what a Sagittarius would do. Mm-hmm. The stuff that we might send each other is so uncannily accurate that yeah. it, it, it just But it that, just is, that is human interaction. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, this is not about me derailing your, your, no, your belief but it, it or doesn't, non-belief. It doesn't make but... my belief happen. It just, it's like, well, that's a bit of a coincidence yeah. that whoever wrote those got it yeah. right. But if you write enough stuff, it's going to fix, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, sure. But I just wanted to touch on the moon, moons and periods. Mm-hmm. Hence, out of my uh, comfort zone as well as have you researched grade, I have, yeah. And? Oh, so even the actual words menstruation and mensis come from the Latin word mensis, which means month and relates to the Greek word mean, mm-hmm. which means moon. Mm-hmm. So they're linked in terms of words. Yeah. Language. Time scale. I'll explain the link between periods and the moon mm-hmm. through this piece of prose. So there's a period tracking app called Clue. Are you aware of such things? Yes. Right. Um, the app analyzed 7.5 million cycles and found no correlation between lunar phases and the menstrual cycle of the start of the period. Dr. Wheeler, 
one of their data scientists looked at the data of their users and saw that period start dates fall randomly throughout the month, regardless of the lunar phase. Mm-hmm. The link, it seems, comes from the very similar length of the lunar and menstrual cycles. The average length of a menstrual cycle is 29 days, and the lunar cycle is 29.5 days. This, say clue, means that statistically one in two women will have their period that start either three days before or after the full or new moon, giving the impression that cycles are linked to lunar cycles. Okay. And for some, they will be. Yeah. There we go, science. Yeah. Stand corrected. Does the waves though, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I looked at that as well. That's really interesting. How it does that on both sides. There's a bulge. There's mm-hmm. a lunar bulge. Mm-hmm. You imagine the moon on one side of the earth, almost pulling the water towards it. Yeah. On the opposite side, there's a centrifugal force. Right. Basically trying to send the water off the planet because yeah. we're spinning. Yeah. So those two create a bulge. So you get a, a high, high tide on both sides of the world, mm-hmm. which is cool. Mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you about my moonbow? Moonbow? Moonbow. Yeah. No, you haven't. So picture the My scene. eyes have lit up, right? <laughs> picture the scene. Yeah. North Devon, sitting in a field, mm-hmm. three o'clock in the morning. I'd had a little bit to drink. It was in my drinking days. Uh-huh. Guy to the side of me decided he was going to have a litre of vodka, so wasn't maybe the best uh, participant in this. Two guys either side of me had had about 12, 14 pints, so were struggling a little bit. And the final guy was a studious member of the group, who'd had a small sherry and was just like looking at us. Is he as the if, one wearing a monocle? Yeah, looking at us as if we, we were some social experiment. <laughs> and um, the guy with the vodka who happened to be looking aimlessly into the sky goes, what the fuck's that? And we looked up and the guy with the monocle <laughs> said, that's a moonbow. So we just threw fruit at him because we obviously thought he was like talking. the devil incarnate, <laughs> <Yeah>. talking jibber-jabber. <laughs> And it was a moonbow. Wow. And the moonbow is a thing. And Google, <laughs> don't be evil. <laughs> so a moonbow, also known as a lunar rainbow or a white rainbow, is a rainbow produced by moonlight rather than direct sunlight. Cool. So it has a different light source. It's caused by the refraction of light in many water droplets, such as a rain shower or a waterfall, and is always positioned in the opposite part of the sky from the moon relative to the observer. It's normally too faint to uh, be able to pick up to the receptors in human eyes. And as such, this is why it appears to be white. So obviously it has because it's refraction, refraction, refraction through water droplets. It has, I guess, the the normal rainbow colors, Hmm. but it appears as white. I think it generally happens on a full moon. So we just sat there in awe. Never cool. seen one since. Never heard of one. I don't think I've heard of it until you. I was like, moonbow, what's a moonbow? What's a moonbow? Yeah. And you think, cool. you think, you think. I have learned a lot doing these things, you know. Yeah. My mind has been opened. I'll show you a picture. This doesn't really help the listeners, but that, the bottom one is the, the clearer picture. Okay, yeah. So it's like a rainbow just. Do you know rainbows are 360 degrees? Uh, it's been a long day. My, 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 my mind is grinding to try and compute that. Rainbows are a circle, a full circle. Where's the rest of it? We only see half of it, quarter of it. Don't push me. I'm just telling you the truth. It's oh a circle. <laughs> it's 360 degrees. Is that degrees. bookmark for next, next episode? The people who know know, so there can't be any. That's not tre- how we do this. There can't be any treasure at the end of the rainbow. Yeah, another fallacy that we're fed, like the fifty-two weeks. <laughs> yeah, and how King James died. I think was it King James who died with um, a red hot poker up his ass. But at A levels, we were taught he died a different way because it because of the connotations. Isn't it like um, Henry VIII's wives as well? It's not. They didn't all. You know, there's a rhyme, isn't there? Which I don't know what it is. I'm Divorced, think- beheaded died yeah. divorced beheaded survived something like that yeah but allegedly one died from having a horse lowered onto her okay have you heard that one no god we're doing this thing where we, <laughs> these things we kind of know we think we know yeah but we actually have no idea about so moonbow's a fact 360 yeah. degree in rainbows is a fact but we maybe need to explain yeah. that and one of henry VIII's wives died Crushed by a horse yeah okay she wasn't trying to get on the horse no. let's leave it there for the moment yeah um, I, I reckon Sam Harris might be quaking in his boots. <laughs> we must be nipping at his heels on the old charts, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, the other bookmark was just on our last episode about dopamine because we, you know, we chatted so long we had to kind of boot a couple of things on. Yeah. Um, we both referenced the same article. Yeah. Because when, when you get into the dopamine loop and the compulsion loop, actually kind of there's loads and loads of really in, interesting stuff about that. And this is really difficult because the person who <laughs> this is about is a name that I... I'm going to really struggle at pronouncing. 
I feel tremendous guilt, admitted Chamath Talahadapia. Yeah, that's good. Former vice president of user growth at Facebook to an audience of Stanford students. He was responding to a question about his involvement in exploiting consumer behavior. The short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops that we have created are destroying how society works, he explained. He highlighted something most of us know but rarely appreciate. Smartphones and the social media platforms they support are turning us into bona fide addicts. Yes. Platforms like Facebook, Snapchat and Instagram leverage the very same neural circuitry used by slot machines and cocaine to keep us using their products as much as possible. Taking a closer look at the underlying science may give you a pause the next time you feel your pocket buzz. The sciencey bit about this, I think, and you you linking to, to, to cocaine and addictions, which we mentioned before, I think there's two elements to this. One One is science in terms that how your brain works has been worked out. A lot of this um, social media has been based on behavioural sciences. The human brain has four major dopamine pathways, and three of these are considered the reward pathways. Mm. And so they've been shown to be dysfunctional in most cases of addiction. So the the, the three pathways, one's called um, mesocortical, which is yeah. cognition, memory, attention, emotional behaviour and learning. We were saying this about how dopamine isn't, it's not a bad thing. It's yeah. like, you know, we need what it. engages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the second one is to do with movement and sensory stimuli. And the third one, which is the mesolimbic, and we've mentioned the limbic part of the brain before. Yeah, yes. This is the bit around pleasure and reward seeking behaviors, sorry, pleasure and reward seeking behaviors, intonation, addiction, emotion, and perception. And I yeah. think that's what we're talking about here that the um, that part of the brain that deals with all those. And I think that's where social media has got us in their grips. And that's why the addiction word is being used because. Yeah. I don't want to keep using the word conspiracy I don't, if you don't feel we've actually kind of got to I it. don't think we've got to conspiracy. I think what we're talking about is is the way things are. Mm. And I think it's it's digging deeper than the innocence that, that especially young people find in, in social media. They don't see the underlying yeah. parts. And so TikTok is just people dancing. No, it isn't. Mm. Instagram is just, you know, yeah. this and that. I mean, the interesting thing, you mentioned Instagram before when we were talking about notifications. And I don't yeah. know if you looked in this study about a little bit deeper down. They were saying that the um, the notification algorithms on Instagram, mm. they sometimes withhold likes on your photos right. and deliver them in bursts. Yeah, I have noticed that. So what happens is you make your post, you're disappointed to find less responses. There isn't that engagement straight away only to receive them in a larger bunch later on. Yeah. And this has been proved to prime your dopamine centers. So we talked at centers. So we talked about this anticipation. Yeah. So we talked about the cookies. So you post your picture. The anticipation there is that the yeah. cookies are baking. If you, got it, if you got it instantly as they were given. Boom. You, yeah. You've yeah, gone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they've been primed and then they respond robustly to the sudden influx of social appraisal. So that yeah. the dopamine rush is even more than just yeah. being... Um, bits and pieces well, the reason i've noticed that because i've turned my notifications off and i am checking maybe you know in, once in the morning maybe lunchtime and then sometimes i haven't even checked all day i get home and i, I turn on my instagram and there's just a stack of stuff in there yeah yeah so it might have got to the point where they can't withhold it anymore they're just going to push them all yeah. through so yeah. and they send out negative and positive in the same way that um mm. i was hearing about some of the news feeds will send you stuff that you don't like right. so the the guy that i was listening to because that on, equally will get you a engagement either by clicking that this is not relevant to me yes is that at yeah. least keeping you on screen or or well I'm, I'm, i guess it's that bit about love and hate aren't opposites and indifferences yeah. if you see something goes i'm not interested about mm. this particular yeah they don't thing. want indifference do they no but no i feel no strongly one... <laughs> about this particular thing back to the kind of the, the, the being in the middle indifference isn't a yeah. place anyone wants to be because it's certain no, no one's social be, media don't want us no one's there. making any money out of indifference no, are they no. the old fence sitters yeah the lovers and the haters isn't it so i was looking at kind of linking conspiracies to what we're kind of you know we, so we talked about what happened with you usa mm -hmm. today and then we talked mm -hmm. about the dopamine and they're all kind of they're closely linked so i i did a bit more searching and i found um an article on psych psychiatry online as psychiatrists, we need to be alert to the very fact that many of our patients are vulnerable to medical misinformation and conspiracy theories about critically important medical issues, mm -hmm. from vaccines to the etiology of diseases such as SARS-CoV-2 to the availability of uh, medications. For example, one study reported that 
in a nationally representative sample of the US population, 37% of respondents agreed with the statement, the Food and Drug Administration deliberately preventing the public from getting natural cures for cancer and other diseases because of pressure from drug companies. Mm -hmm. Only 32% disagreed with this statement. Mm -hmm. Belief in conspiracies and mistrust in general can discourage our patients from seeking medical treatment and adhering to it. For example, consider the prevalent belief that the emergence of HIV was a plot by the US government to kill its citizens. One study reported that 34% of respondents, in a sample that included members of both minority and non-minority groups, believed that the government created AIDS to kill people from minority groups. And more than half believed that a significant amount of information about AIDS was withheld from the public. 10% did not trust their provider to give them the best care possible. Again, like everything. I say this most podcast and I, mm -hmm. <laughs> you can drill down. It just opens up and up and up and up and yeah. up. And almost that I've, I was starting to read and get into the level of inquisitiveness mm -hmm. that, that you did. And I found myself kind of getting dragged into it. And that kind of raises your kind of anxiety and you kind of. Yeah. And in my question, because you, I, when I'm sending something out to this guy, maybe I'll send him different stuff in future because yeah. I don't want to lose my Instagram account. Yeah. It's like how benign does what I send have to be? Mm. Mm. Is it all mask stuff's going to get me into trouble? Or if I'm yeah. saying that Bill Gates is trying to put a tracker in the vaccine, which I don't believe he is, but if, you know, if that was a thing, if yeah. I start sending stuff on that, yeah. am I going to get shut down on that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Learned optimism. Yeah. Um, the reason I brought it up, two things. Number one, I had little bits of feedback from a couple of people about my stuff that I was talking last week about the natural world and, you know, looking at cormorants and looking at grass and, you know, taking a, an interest. And I heard someone say, why do we keep saying about being reconnected to the natural world? And I thought it's bloody obvious why we say that, because we're so swamped in social media and urban landscapes. It's obvious why we want to. And his point, which I thought was a very good one, is that we're part of the natural world. <laughs> we're animals. So it's like... We are it. <laughs> yeah, we'll go and look at a cow and go, look at that cow standing in the field. That's yeah. lovely. And we'll st stand in a field and not view ourselves in the same way. We're somehow, we've created, I think, um, is it dissonance? I don't know if that's the right word, between us and the natural world. It's like something we go and visit and then exit from. <laughs> and, and look at it from, oh, yeah, almost like it's a, a live world. museum out there. Yeah, and we're just an animal that, that eats in the natural world and, and lives in it. And yeah, but I think we're kind of surrounded by arguably not very natural things. I guess we are we talking about living organisms and, you know, yeah, but if you if you look at if you I mean look, this is our natural world, isn't it? Yeah, but we're sitting here in your room. We've got grass that side, grass that side, trees, mm. got two cats in the kitchen. Yeah. We've got the sky. Last week we talked about the sun. We've got a dead woodlouse down here, but let's not, <laughs> yeah, let's not bring it that. down. <laughs> but the point I'm making, I guess, is that this I think now that we're seeing I mean, this isn't everybody, but some people are, are seeing viewing the natural world as an event. I'm now going to reconnect by nature by driving in my yeah, car, actually, no, it's an interesting listening point, to yeah. social media, living through my phone by videoing the natural world and then going home and watching it on my smartphone and <laughs> yeah. congratulating myself on that connection. So, th so his point was that we kind of... We're, we're, we're part of it. Just yeah. like, just live your life rather than just seeking out something that is different to you. Stop banging it? on about yeah. the natural world, Mark, honestly. <laughs> just be no, but, I think, I, but i think there is a there is a real disconnect with with our environment i think there's a disconnect with our food yes i think there's lots of disconnects don't get me wrong there's plenty of people out there who would literally do anything to live their life outside and even that you know make sure their job and their career is is revolving around being outside there's people who just can't it's their it's their lifeblood isn't it they can't function without being outside and yeah. working outside and, yeah this feels like a bit of my crusade about brevity. I've created a brevity neural pathway that mm -hmm. everything that comes my way now, I'm thinking, oh, what if we just took a bit of time there? Yeah. And I think I'm trying to do that in, in my business. We, mm -hmm. talk, we talked about it a few years ago when doing a strategy that we just, we're running around, we're too busy yeah. to uh, approach all these, all these particular things we need to do. Mm -hmm. By getting things right and doing things properly and building a sustainable business, it's about building time into your business to work mm -hmm. on your business, mm -hmm. to take time to think and take stock and react properly and invest in invest your time and attention in people rather than yet sense? another meeting just deliver or, deliver yeah, deliver yeah. deliver meeting bang 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 tick, you know box tick, just go right let's just take a breather so i think coming back to you going away for a week and you know connecting i think sometimes you have to if you're not doing it every day or not doing as much as you hmm. ought, you think you ought to be then i think it's about taking time but you can do it every day that's the point i guess is that, that, that well i could go and sit on the, on the bench in the garden just yeah that's as natural as listen. yeah 
Yeah. Um, but am I... It's not crashing waves and great big seascapes. No, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to but be. But even I don't take the time to, you know, I guess the stuff that's on your doorstep, you often don't, because you think, oh, the bench is there. Sit, you know, catch yeah. a nice bit of sun, that bench, and I look at it and go, well, I can, I can do that tomorrow. Yeah. And it never comes, and then I don't do it. Yeah. So I think it is, I think we have to purposely re- reconnect. Yeah. Even if you think we're in it. Yeah, so his point about being in it, I, I get that. Yeah, I can pick up the cat and, you know, cuddle it. And, that's my connection with a living, yeah. another living organism but i think taking the time to be in that environment even just you know or making, how you connect with it is up, is, yeah, is up yeah. to the individual but, but you've just got to taking make some sort of effort you can't yeah. it's there already we're already in it but it's not it doesn't have to be a grand gesture yeah there's it's a thing not, on, it's not if you want to hug a tree brilliant yeah <laughs> it's was, not about that no it isn't but it's the um there was a story on the news about a young lad in devon who has camped out in his back garden for 200 nights have you heard that no and I thought this was quite an inspiring story. His neighbour came round. His neighbour was 74. He died when he was 74. So I think this was a little bit time before he died. He died mm. of cancer. And he came round to the lad. Um, I think they had quite a good relationship and gave him a tent. And he said, I want you to have this tent on one condition. And the condition was that you have adventures in it. Right. And then the guy died, the older right. guy. And there was meant to be some fundraising by the local cancer charity, but because of COVID, it was mm. postponed. Oh. So this young lad decided his adventure would be to sleep in the tent in his back garden mm. and raise money by doing so. Okay. So not a connection to nature per se. Yeah. But he's been there for 200 nights and he's going to make a year of it. 13-year-old lad, and he's, he's really cute. They showed inside mm. his tent. He had some cuddly toys and a copy of the Beano, which I thought was <laughs> like, that was quite cute. Yeah, yeah. A 13-year-old yeah. lad. And I think it just came through my mind yesterday. I was sort of thinking, and I'm not saying I'm going to do this, but I just thought, why wouldn't I sleep in a tent in the back garden? Yeah. I can't think of a reason why I wouldn't. I mean, in, in, during the summer, I've had some nice, you know, do you ever think just to kind of go well, that's, sleep under no, your tree? You see, now you're going, you're going warm weather, good, bad weather, I bad. Am. <laughs> no, I wasn't saying whether it's good or bad, but I'm going to say there's an opportunity to not even have a tent. I guess that's where my mind is But there's an going. opportunity for me Put up a pop-up I tent. just immediately think, shiver your ass off in a tent. You know, that might be what you need. But shivering's a thing, <laughs> I'm isn't not it? saying it's a bad thing. No. I just don't want to shiver <laughs> right now, you know. But yeah, it's a good point. But it, it, well it, it just goes, <laughs> goes through my mind, and I thought, maybe I'll just do that. Maybe I'll just spend the night in a tent in the garden just because I don't have to spend every yeah. night of yeah. my existence in a house. And, you know, it is on, on that point, it is the reconnection can be, be feeling uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> at, least yes. You, at least you're you know, re- properly connecting. Because yeah. some of our, most of our camping trips we've done, the ones we talk about still, are the ones where there's 40 mile hour winds and the, and the tent poles are snapping. Yes. We don't yeah. talk about the pleasant ones we yeah. had when nothing happened. You know, yeah. Yeah. we talk about just being squashed and it raining and packing yeah, up yeah. by five o'clock in the morning and going home. So, um, yeah, learned so the, optimism. So the learned optimist, to me, there's a little bit of a link because when I, I realised or when I found out this was a thing, it made me optimistic, but I think I think my link with the natural world is around that that that, that does carry a natural optimism. Now I'm just feeding back from you know a couple of podcasts ago when I was away and doing that and spending more time, like you're saying, to think and look. Mm. I could feel more optimistic. I felt I felt better basically. So I looked this up from um, a podcast I was listening to. I got a feeling. It might have been Sam Harris, but I'm not sure. But the guy who was talking about this is someone called Michael Chavez. Mm-hmm. And I found him really, really interesting as, as a speaker. Mm-hmm. And what he was saying is that learned optimism is what they call a positive psychology concept. Um, and he's mentioning it's the opposite of learned helplessness, which I'll maybe touch upon. Oh, that's okay. Okay. Yeah. You've heard? That's, no, I haven't. It's just... Um, okay. So learned helplessness. Interested. Learned helplessness is a phenomenon whereby individuals believe they're incapable of changing their circumstances after repeatedly experiencing a stressful event. Mm-hmm. And when they were going into, there's a guy called Siegelman who's, who seems to be key on this, learned optimism. Michael Gervais was just talking about him. And he was saying that the basis of optimism overall doesn't lie in positive phrases or images of victory. And I think that comes back to a little bit about one of the things we've talked about in training. When I sometimes say to you, I'm not here to motivate you. Mm-hmm. I'm here to provide a framework for you to train. Your motivation should be that you want to get stronger you want to be fitter you want to live longer my motivation is i will encourage you but it isn't these sort of false, false positives of you're looking good keep going 
you yeah, know never get a compliment <laughs> yeah that's why you don't get them but it's that bit around uh, it isn't just about his yeah. positive phrases or images of victory but it's the way you think about causes so what they were saying and this this reminded me of the analogy of the two people that i mentioned a few podcasts ago standing out in the rain when the fire alarm yes, went yeah. off life inflicts the same setbacks and tragedies on the optimist as on the pessimist hmm. but the optimist weathers them better and you've looked at it in simplistic terms it's like yeah, it's the same thing. It's your perception or how you yeah. how you react to it. So what Siegelman says is that it may be down to how we process the information, our selective intention. And he used the glass half full or half empty. And it's where your focus lies. If you have a glass that is filled halfway with water, it's the same whether you're an optimist or a pessimist. Yeah. But it also depends on your focus at that time. So he said, assuming you're thirsty, the presence of water in the glass is a positive environmental cue. Yeah. So you pay more attention to its presence than the absence. I'm thirsty, but there's water in that glass. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You disregard the fact that half the glass is not filled. You filter out the cues that don't correspond with your positive outlook. Mm -hmm. So you don't go, I wish there was more water. You go, I'm thirsty. I've, this is good because there's water mm. and that will help my thirst. Yeah. Eye-tracking studies suggest that pessimists do the opposite. They spend more time looking at the unpleasant cues than optimistic people do. But he was saying around the way that, that people will also talk in terms of optimism. So one of the things was, I, I mentioned a few podcasts ago how I'd run with a headwind and been pessimistic yeah. that I could have done better because yeah. it wasn't that windy. And then I ran with a tailwind and I was pessimistic because I could have run better instead of going, do you remember it was like yeah, no i do i was just thinking about that it's actually sorry i was, I was looking like no only because i think it's actually pessimistic i think it's pessimistic because i ran a good time and i'm going yeah that's because of the wind i don't actually know what effect the wind had it had some but it might have been a good time without the wind yeah so rather than me going i've run 13.2 that's a decent time there was a bit of wind but i've still run 13.2 yeah 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 sure yeah the wind didn't necessarily give me a second worth yeah. of yeah. support yeah but he was saying someone said, I didn't beat my personal best because I have the flu, but I'll swim faster when I'm well. So that that's my bit that I should have, from an optimistic point, I, sh I should have said. You shouldn't have done anything. <laughs> Sorry. It's not about what you should have done. No, okay. So I'm just picking to, up on the word no, should. quite right. To have a more optimistic <laughs> outlook, I could have said, I ran 13.2 with a tailwind, but I think I could probably match that time pretty closely, even mm. if there'd been less yeah. wind. I was staring at the wind in the same way that pessimists would stare, stare at, the at the empty, empty parcel glass, of glass yeah. and going, I only achieved that because of that wind. Mm. But also, going back on the should comment, mm -hmm. you feel that you should be optimistic. You kind of, by that statement, you are inferring to me that you shouldn't be pessimistic. And the right outlook, not the wrong outlook, would have been to be more positive, more optimistic in that situation. 100%. Because if just... do, do you subscribe to that? I mean, you, you just where you're at, right? Yeah, but life inflicts For all the, sorts of the same setbacks and tragedies as the optimist on the pessimist. I think yeah, just I in terms of things like... But do you feel there's a pressure to, to go and rewrite that? If you, had, if you can go do that again, would you, would you run the optimist program? Yes, this is what Or would you just go, oh, just let that play again? And, well, what they're, say, what they're saying about the learned optimism and that they, in a sentence... So it's about creating, sorry, is it about creating how the learned bit? Is that yes. about creating a good yes. habit? So don't, it, don't. It's, it's the bit about, I'm, by nature, I'm, a, I'm an optimistic person. No, it's, it's the way that you, know, you might have a tendency, there might be a genetic thing, there might be okay. a nurture thing, but the fact that it can be learned, yeah. and they use the, um, the thing with calmness, mm -hmm. and you would have heard in 15, my daughter alluding to me having a somewhat checkered past, and I was. I yeah. fired off the handle, I got in fights, mm -hmm. I would never back off from anybody, mm -hmm. I always thought I was right. And in the same way that I've taught myself mindfulness and calm and yeah. changed my outlook, yeah. the same thing. And he actually said this around, you can being calm can be a learned thing mm -hmm. and so can optimism. Okay, yeah. And it does make sense to be optimistic rather than pessimistic because of, you know, just all the positivity that's going to be coming through your body. We've, we've been talking about mm. all the things like cortisol and adrenaline and stuff that runs through. If you've got, if you're standing in the rain going, this reminds me of a lovely time. <laughs> And you've been yeah, optimistic. Rather than, yeah. yeah, sure. And, but you're, you're still having the rain, whether you're optimistic or pessimistic. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I'm saying. So what I'm going to try and do 
is when I report stuff, especially on this podcast, is to do it with that sense of optimism to actually go, you know, I went over to Wales around 13.2. I wasn't injured. I did really well. There was a bit of a wind. Yeah. Not the headline was there was a bit of a wind. So everything else is negated. Yeah, I guess the big point here is you want to you want to improve. You want to find success. That's where the optimism bit comes, isn't it? That it's hopeful of success. Yeah. I think it's probably actually the, the probably the definition, but mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think it's specifically with my running. The next time I run a hundred meters mm-hmm. and I'm in the blocks, yeah, my thought might be the only way you can run thirteen point two is with a load of wind behind you, and there's no wind behind you, so you, yeah. you're not going to run thirteen point two. Yeah, an optimistic way of saying you run thirteen point two. You don't know what factor that wind was. Mm. Maybe it pushed you along a bit. Who knows? No yeah. one knows the science yeah, yeah, yeah. of the wind on that day. No one's going to be able to go. Is it just your mindset, your headspace? Yeah. And I've run 13.2. Maybe mm. I'd run that without the wind. Yeah. Maybe or the wind if you were, a had a more optimistic outlook on that, that day, for whatever, about everything in general, yeah. Yeah. would you have slept better? Would you have eaten better? <laughs> would yeah. you have prepared better? Yeah. Yeah. Would you just got that extra five six percent and it's setting up whether you know we I mean? call it neural pathways or just yeah. general positivity it's, i understand i'm not you know i was just i, I was just trying pain. to understand the kind of um yeah. karma comes to mind i mean i spent years of my younger life thinking karma was and i think there was even a tv show around um my name is earl i think yeah yeah i know this yeah. so he so he did something good so the setup was he did something bad yeah and bad things happened to him which technically isn't what karma is about there's there's an element to that but if you're living a positive optimistic life yeah. Then of course you are going to encourage optimistic, hopeful things yeah. to and, happen to you, and people will react to you that way. So as if well. you surround yourself with, opt- if you want to be optimistic, you surround yourself with optimistic people. Yeah. yeah. Everything will just kind of compound and and move on, won't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone is going to deny that. If you surround yourself with a bunch of miserable, miserable yeah. buggers, you know, you know what the outcome is going and to also, be. If I, I get that. You don't want to, people won't want to be surrounding you if you are a pessimist. Yeah. Yeah. The, people people don't want to hear that. Yeah. So there is that bit about the community around you it's mm. about and it isn't this falseness it isn't these sound bites of like you know give it 110 <laughs> percent it's 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 yeah. more than that but it's it's actually looking and i think that analogy and everyone's heard the analogy half full or half empty and i think just explaining in that way of if you're thirsty you see the water as an optimist mm. and a pessimist you concentrate on the empty bit yeah, yeah. and it's it's a simple analogy but we don't need to go any deeper than that yeah. so so i'm going to try I've worked with the mindfulness. I'm just starting next week. I start oh, this so eight week. I start this eight week course next. Are you able to, um, or will you be able to do a bit of a check in and a report if it's an eight week over the next yeah. few episodes? Will you be able to do a little? Yeah, and there's daily meditation. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot of. It's a lot of input. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. It'd be interesting to see how that goes. Episode fourteen, and I put this on Instagram as well. I put that quote about our thoughts create the context which determines our feelings nice photo as well exactly what we're uh, talking about now yeah totally made me think about my optimism or Mm -hmm. lack thereof and i've talked about this before in terms of my default i think my default on this is is arguably paradoxical Mm -hmm. so yeah my personal bar is incredibly high and my bar of others and external forces and factors is incredibly low and i think that comes from a habit Mm -hmm. that i've created where i know I can always improve and better myself. And at the same time, I've been let down by others who I feel don't share the same outlook. So do you, are you saying that you don't expect so much from others? Yes. Okay. So there's an optimism, arguably, about myself and there's a pessimism of others. Of being let down. Yeah. And... But now I'm super aware of this, I can see how unreasonable this is on myself and others. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't aware of what it was doing to me and I was making other people feel. Yeah. Arguably, an optimistic view... And trust in my own abilities mm. are rubbing up against a pessimistic view and trust in others. Yeah. So it's not just my own outlook, it's actually kind of my, my trust and opinion of those. But I've done something you know, so optimism can, can can get into trust. I was thinking of two examples. One was you gave me an example of someone who took some words I'd said about lockdown mm. and and taken that and going, Yeah, yeah, that was an opportunity and I am yes, going to correct, and, yeah. and is responding by yeah. exercising more yeah, and yeah. getting the positives from that. But I remember when I said it, it, it was a little bit of a judgment going, you've got all this time. <laughs> yeah. And you're telling Do me stuff. you have I've done <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. So my bar is high. I'm going to train six times a week. Yeah. And you come here and give me all the excuses why you can't. Yeah. So you, you're yeah. giving me the excuses why you can't. And it's like, but I don't know your life and yeah. I'm not living your life. And it's a very hard thing. Mm. So my expectations 
And I was just thinking of a client that I've had um, sort of come in and out with training with me. And a little while ago, she was in tears. My drive wasn't reflected in her. It was like, mm. just do this. Just become totally committed instead of me thinking mm. she could have 101 things going on in her life that I don't know about. And yeah, I, it yeah. isn't, I don't have any right to expect her to meet my obsessional you know yeah but yeah. really interesting that she's come back and is training with me now and is having fantastic results mm. doing really really well in a great place overcoming a lot of barriers and hurdles but is saying a lot of not not that the cause for her success is down to me but saying that that her relationship with me is very much different because of my calmness mm. so mm. i'm now i'm getting better results mm. and being less shouty and more encouraging more of an empath right, right. which is an interesting mm. thing um yeah in terms of that someone has, has actually reacted and been able to go away and take well, i think what she's got from me has been an optimism that she mm. can do it rather than me shouting and going but yeah the undercurrent being i don't think you can do this because you're not me <laughs> so the environment you've kind of created which includes the way you are and everything you know everything else yeah, the atmosphere, she's responded she's to responded it. to it yeah. but you know, you could argue that someone might not respond to that. No, no. And some people, some people, some of your clients, I'd imagine, do need a bit of a. Yeah. Like, like, the, like, like the one, and she knows who she is, who went, you become too bloody zen. So, yeah, kick me yeah. up the ass. Yeah. And some people, yeah. Yeah. It is that, it's that balance, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. My optimism or pessimism is actually based on my kind of, uh, my bar of expectancy. Yeah. yeah myself that. and I understand others. That. Yeah. Which I kind of hadn't realized. I felt it, but hadn't realized until I picked it apart. Um, so you set the bar low so you don't get disappointed yeah there's definitely an element of that yeah but i can't do that with myself no yours gets higher and higher it's easy to do it for other people yeah and it's definitely a self-preservation bit yeah yeah a, a massive self-preservation yeah, I bit. i don't want you know don't want to be let down by and that's not that anybody else's fault but mine <laughs> that's not anyone else's responsibility but mine and no one should feel but i've re you know anyone that like me who does create that there's an unknowing side effect mm. of that which is actually negativity for other people Mm -hmm. which i wasn't aware of yeah. and people feeling like they have to they have to match my bar yeah or like that um, you know they they can't ever achieve that and i'll be disappointed or mm. there's a whole wealth of things mm. in that until you realize i guess that's just what the kind of optimism learned the word learned made me think about the habits i've created around optimism and pessimism yeah which i hadn't thought about before i hadn't thought about my i knew about the bar but i hadn't thought about it in terms of maybe not thinking about outlook. it can be changed it's actually a really good thing to have a really low bar I would argue that's not pessimistic. I would argue that's incredibly realistic and it gives you a bit more opportunity to bring your optimism in. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, I know what you're saying. That literally formed as it came out of my mouth. Yeah. But no, but it doesn't quite work because you, you do have a sense of pessimism that people aren't going to reach a certain standard, so you are pessimistic. You're expecting the worst as a self-protective factor. Yeah. It's like... I hope this person gets that paper to me by four o'clock, but I think it'll probably be after the weekend <laughs> and it comes on Monday and you'll go, all right, that's what I expected. Yeah. So there is a sense of pessimism, I think, in protecting yourself so that yeah. you don't get disappointed. Yeah. You might get the elation if you get it Friday afternoon at four o'clock and go. Yeah, I think it's probably not letting optimism or pessimism become a passive thing or, a, they static, both have their or place. a static thing yeah because i was just thinking one of the, the things is when people are doing explanations i was just thinking this as we're talking the majority of people will go well i'm naturally optimistic mm. you might be naturally but that doesn't mean it's set in stone yeah yeah, yeah. either way so you can have the, lear the learned helplessness mm -hmm. and it depends on mm -hmm. on you know how your life's going but i think that's the factor we need to take control of certain elements if it's causing us concern in the same way we take control of addiction or something else yeah, but yeah. i want to be more optimistic about you know my future mm. so i'm gonna i'm gonna work on it so drop and give me 20 small steps we talked about in 15 with, with the media about outcomes yeah don't take on the whole thing the gym yeah. as a concept just yeah. go what do you want to achieve out of, even if that's one little thing yeah go and do that at the gym and that conversation came out differently the little thing with amelia that we yeah. sort of took away was okay get some help get some yeah structure get some framework instead of thinking of the gym as this sort of yeah cesspit of sexism <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um, yeah absolutely so so on the baby uh, small steps i will check with my two clients that they're happy with this i'm 100 sure they will be but 
this could be a bit of a <laughs> short episode. <laughs> short episode if they were. I know they will be. I just, I'm just, and it's totally anonymous, and they know who they are, and I know they won't mind. So I have a WhatsApp group with two people, and the WhatsApp group used to be called. Just the walking one. This is the walking You've one. Them. They've, yeah, yeah. they've gone out. It's too late for that. Horse has bolted. <laughs> So, We've had no letters of complaint. No, so. um, and I've seen them since. So it was called 10,000 times 75, the yeah. WhatsApp group. So I'm just going to show you now. This is the um, WhatsApp group now. So it's that's it's now called Together. Okay. This is what kicked the small step stuff off, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like right now what? We can still do something. We can't we don't have we, the time to do to... that big thing anymore, but we can do something. Yeah, and, we, and we're going to do it together. And we're missing the accountability bit. Yeah. Which is where it kicked off. And so that's the little logo for the group. What, got a logo? Together. Got a logo as well. Stronger together. Who did that? Don't tell me you just ripped that off. <laughs> just ripped that off. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got I got all protective. I got all Yeah. Oh, how I do very logos. Dare you. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually quite good. Thank you. To be fair. Um one of the people responded. In fact, I think they both responded. One, but one responded particularly, going, "Just love the logo." And so straight away, created a positive environment. We got a new logo. We got a new name. We got new accountability. So what I wanted to share was, in terms of small steps, I shared my steps to give them a, a um, an indication of what my targets are mm -hmm. for the remainder of 2020. So yep. number one was survive. Number two was four times 45 minute gym sessions. I know when it gets to winter months, the idea of going hour, hour and a quarter in a cold garage mm -hmm. isn't that easy by yourself. Mm -hmm. By setting it at 45 minutes, my small step is I can do 45 minutes or if I do 35, yeah. it's close enough. Yeah. But 35 isn't close enough to an hour and a quarter, but it is to 45. Mm -hmm. It'll also make me be more targeted Focused. and do the planning yeah. that we just talked about. Yep. Two times 80-minute track sessions. The opposite applies there. I love being at the track. Mm -hmm. I was there a bit longer than 80 minutes today. Mm -hmm. I did a longer warm-up. I did some help with some equipment, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to make sure that I just didn't use... I wanted to utilize my time well at the track. Yeah. One hour of yoga per week. The small steps there is not going to do three sessions. Mm -hmm. I will get an hour together. Yeah. It can be lots of 10-minute ones. To meditate daily and to have one and a half liters of water. Those are my targets. Wow. And do you all share, do you all put up your targets and share them? Because the, the accountability buddy thing is actually a, quite a big thing. Yeah. You've all set your own targets and you're going to do your best to encourage each other to stick to those. So I was saying to you about lots of ticks, T-I-C-K-S, not, not ticks as on. Parasites. Yeah, not parasites. <laughs> That's a bad group, the parasite. <laughs> so I just put hydration done, training session, track was a bit short. I didn't quite do the 80 minutes. Mm -hmm. No no explanation. Mm -hmm. And someone replied straight away, well done, bike ride done, 100 litres of water. I think that might have been a typo. <laughs> God, they're still typing. And they're drowning. <laughs> <laughs> and stretching. Uh, so I may be lying about the water. And then the third member We'd asked to share the targets, didn't get the targets out. Okay. And what do you mean didn't share them? Hadn't done them. Okay. But... Um, and then said, can we do them when I see you tomorrow? Uh -huh. Which is fine. Yeah. But a little bit of the old me would have gone, it's two minutes, write your fucking targets. It's not that hard. Do you know what I mean? You're a horrid. Yeah. That's the <laughs> I old me. I don't remember the old That's you. the old me. Is this before me? <laughs> no, the beginning of you are still pretty horrid. So the person said, can I share it with you? And I said, yeah. The following day, one of the people wrote, epic fail today. I can only tick off water and stretching. That isn't going to make me feel positive. And I went, it's two ticks. Yeah. You've done your water. Brilliant. You've done your stretching. Brilliant. It's not being glib, but these are positive things. Yeah. You've, you've said you'll do something. You've drunk one and a half yeah. liters. And the, the reply was, which I think was lovely. Yes, but they are tiny ticks. And it's like, oh, yeah. that's fine. But that isn't that us. Isn't that us as human beings? It is. Yeah. They're not it absolutely ticks. And anyway, the other person came back and said, yes, they're still ticks. Mm. And that accountability and hearing two people go, well yeah. done, and it isn't just false. So this third person sat down with me. We had a, a long discussion. Mm. We had a long mm. talk. And the targets were met together. First target is at least half an hour fresh air, not your typical PT target. No. Half an hour fresh air. Mm. Doesn't matter how you get it. Sitting, walking, running, cycling fresh air hydration 1.5 liters a day at least one healthy meal a day and to take vitamins okay yeah, okay yeah. so a lot more about self-care mm -hmm. and compassion yeah the small steps and then putting two times ten thousand steps i'm going to go for two all good mm -hmm. all achievable 
Some positive vibes were sent between the team, blah, 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 blah. The first person said, killer gym session, water done, stretches, and a crunchy. Um, bar? Bar and a crunchy right, bar. Not so a, a touch of, yeah, not crunch. one crunch, yeah. So a, type, a bit of irony. I've got my tiny ticks, but none of us is perfect. It's Friday, I've yeah, had a crunchy. Yeah, smashing a chocolate bar. Yeah. Love it. So we had a little bit of accountability, a little bit about sharing. Mm. And I sent something to them both. And I said, I've just walked 3,000 steps solely so I could tell you both. Mm. And I did. I was sitting down and I was thinking, I want some good news. I want, to, <laughs> I, would, I want two people to know that I've gone out because of them. And anyway, the client who'd sat down with me and had the, the, the more gentle target said, water, tick, meal, tick, vitamin ticks. But I didn't get out for half an hour. I can't believe I'm finding that a challenge. Well, after probably doing, feels like the most sim- sounds like and feels like yeah. the most simple thing to do and this is that she said after all those 10k step days so this is the person that had done 10,000 steps a day for 98 days yeah. and the half hour fresh hour and that's because pure and simple life gets in the way that's the thing that we've been saying all along when we were talking about the mental health like get your sleep eat three meals blah blah blah, blah, blah. life gets in the way and sometimes mm. getting half an hour of fresh air is beyond you mm. But we go again, we have the accountability, and I know when I pick them up today, she'll be gone, I've been out, I've done my yeah. half hour. But I thought that was really insightful for someone who'd sat down, was dedicated on their targets, and life was so full or difficult mm. or whatever, that being outside for half an hour was an impossible task. Mm. And I wonder what the effect of that is on that person's mind, going, I couldn't even be in fresh air for half an hour. Maybe I need to look at, finding a way to make that possible what's your overriding thought saying that or feeling what's your overriding feeling them saying that my overriding thought in the past would have been to look at things that people are doing that are defined as negative so Mm. i would look at a client and go you're drinking beer five nights a week we need to cut that down to three Mm -hmm. the approach i'm taking now and part of this has been because of covid Mm -hmm. i think is that people are fragile Mm -hmm. full stop people Mm -hmm. are fragile yeah things like i know with my dad's funeral only having 30 people i'm knowing i've got people who've had friends or family die and the effect of not being able to invite Mm. relatives to a funeral is that's not what life's about Mm. that's not what community's about so my emphasis now is to say to somebody not don't drink beer five times a week, drink it three, yeah. is to go, forget the beer at the moment. Let's get some positive. Your tick is sitting in your garden going for a walk for half an hour. Yeah. And we'll let the other stuff take care of itself. Yeah, and yeah, maybe yeah. when you do then reconnect with nature and you go and stare at a cormorant, you don't want to come back and have a beer. Yeah, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So it's those small ticks just have a succession of positives, mm. drinking, reconnecting, getting yeah. fresh air, moving. Yeah. Rather than going, you've got to do 100 kilogram bench press for 10 mm. and eat perfect food every day because yeah. that isn't going to happen. Yeah. And I think we're, we're under too much pressure from everyone to have yeah, a perfect so. life. And I don't know anyone who has. <laughs> no, no wonder people feel overwhelmed. And what I was getting from that is, God, aren't we hard on ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here, say, you know, fully guilty of the same things, just punishing yourself mm. for things you have or haven't done. You're like, I mean, you know, for someone who I'm going, don't beat yourself up. It's also interesting that those targets linking back to the natural world are what people are about. It's about fresh air, mm. drinking, moving. That, yeah. That's, do you what, think, that's do you find, what animals do. Yeah. Do you find that people probably kick themselves more about those things, the things that are almost a given, almost like breathing, fresh air, you know, it's, it's that. I don't think or, people or it, see it as a big enough Is it not tick. necessarily the thing they're doing? It's just, is it the ones that feel like their least effort to do? They get annoyed if they don't do them. Or is it, yeah, could it, could it yeah. be anything on that list? But it's, it's hard to get the affirmation when you've done your 10K run and you put it on Facebook and it's like, well done, hun. For some people, getting the half hour of fresh air is, is more important yeah. than doing a 10K run because of where they're at. And I think you yeah. don't get the affirmation because yeah. it's just, well, big whoop. You've gone outside. But for, for, for individuals and in this time, doing that, I think, is yeah. vital. And it's just keeping it simple, just... Mm. Do the things that keep us alive and keep us strong, you know. Yeah. Don't try and change the world at the moment. Mm, and good. that isn't saying don't be aspirational and there'll be yeah. other people I'm training, but I think the nature of it at the moment is maintenance, I think. It's like mm. don't try and, you know, the world at the moment isn't the place to start going, right, I'm now going to run yeah. you know, a marathon every day for 30 yeah. days. It isn't the right time. So you're saying a tick, no matter how big, yeah, is, is, is really important right now, yeah. aren't you, in terms of yeah. the, the takeaway from that. Yeah, yeah, for everything, physical yeah. and mental. Yeah. Cool. Like. 
Uh, you mentioned, um, I think you've mentioned Cormorant a couple of times. Yeah. Do you remember we um, we launched a spin-off competition? First one to send the word Cormorant in. Okay, yeah. I had forgotten that you reminded me. We had an avid listener. <laughs> I think contact us on all our social channels yeah. with the word Cormorant. Yeah. So we, we'll have to honour that. Okay. Of course so, we'll honour it. Yeah. Mystery prize there, well. Um, yeah, we didn't actually specify what the prize no. was going to be, thankfully. <laughs> do, we, do we know the listener? Uh, yeah, we do know the okay. listener, yeah. So okay. David will um, will send you a prize. Yeah. He'll be delighted. Fitting. Mm. Prizes are fun, whatever. And we're still running the other one. Someone was, someone today <laughs> mentioned that they were renting the other one today. Oh, right. But asked if they could, if they won, if they could have a different prize. <laughs> what is wrong with people? Well, I said yes. Oh, come on. You didn't run that past me. The other prize is cheaper. You can just send them your granola then and be done with. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might as well enter. You said, you know, you said you wanted to. You might as well. And I said you couldn't, but yeah, forget it. Why don't you enter? So what, I give myself my own granola? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you do anyway. Yeah. You win every day. <laughs> yeah, every day's um, a win for a learned optimist. Yeah. Uh, just just off, off camera, <laughs> off mic <laughs> just now, you said... These seem to have been quite chilled. Mm. Not a good thing, not a bad thing, just a no, thing. just a thing. I think it's been quite nice. It's been different. It's been different, but a couple of people have come back on saying about the rapport and the giggles. So maybe... What lack thereof. <laughs> no, no, that there are some. <laughs> or there is some rapport. Yeah. But... Um, we can't be on all the time, can we? We can't... No, we but I'd we like can't to... be bang, 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 but who wants that anyway, eh? Yeah, but we haven't come up with like... Benny King can use and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Those gems. We're talking about that when they've all the little things that we've missed because we've either talked over each other yeah. or been too busy, you know, wallowing in our own congla- congratulations to yeah. kind of listen to the other person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Amelia just made that off off air as well, didn't she? She said that I asked you how you were and then managed <laughs> to start talking before you even started your response. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Um, that's it for this episode. Well done for getting this far and thanks for listening. All links and references will be in our show notes. Please make sure you subscribe to us by your favorite podcasting app. And if you're enjoying this pod, then please do spread the love and tell a friend. Um, Because that'd be really good. Be great. Give us a follow on Instagram at I'm Finecast and send your feedback and questions via our email to I'm Finecast at gmail.com. In the next episode, this kind of picks up from kind of small steps, but action there's been a few things that have been building up to mm-hmm. what drives us to take action and looking at practical things we can do because we're all about yeah. practical things yeah. uh, along the lines of, uh, I said, the small steps and how to get things done. Yeah. And hopefully following on from that episode, we'll be looking at pain. We've got something lined up for that. Yeah. But that's it for now. And we'll see you in the next episode. Enjoyed it. Thank you. See ya. Bye-bye.